Welcome to the Sports Center. It's good to have you and, and talk rugby again and talk about your, your perspectives and how you do what you do. Very, very interesting. It's always nice to talk about, about skills. But maybe you, you, you're obviously known in the rugby world, but your, your roots are on South Africa. Where did it all sort of start for you? Um, Ryan, I, I think for me, it's, it's kind of uh, since the day I was born. Um, my dad, um, uh, the day I was born, gave me one of those uh, leather springbok balls. I don't know if you remember them. There's yeah, a, I actually do. <laughs> me in my cot in the um, in the hospital and the ball next to me. So obviously there wasn't really, I don't think there was much of a choice. It was either um, going professionally into rugby or into surfing, one of the two. So um, if I could have chosen, it would have been surfing, but uh, I wasn't I wasn't good enough. So I, I went the rugby route and and yeah, here I am. But um, no, I think it all started with my dad. I mean, I grew up in a house where um, my dad uh, never really did anything else. He started um, coaching in rugby professionally back in the 1980s before rugby was professional. Um, so he was, his first job, I think it was Donnie Craven that sent him to Pretoria. Sure. And work in the Wehrmacht. Um, and he was playing and running the rugby program. And from there, he went to province and he was director of coaching for, I think, 12 years. Um, and then from there, he kind of went up and his, his head coaching career kind of started. Um, Interesting. And that's, that's all I've really known as a kid. So I was just kind of always part of it. I never thought that I would end up being a coach myself. Um, but I think over the years, you know, your, your brain kind of gets, gets shaped. Uh, me and my dad, we, we spent a lot of time together, even though he was um, away a lot. The hours of coaching obviously demands a lot and you travel, but um, the time that we did spend together, he definitely molded my, my brain in a different way. Um, and I think my dad is so well known for, for not thinking very much like a South African. He's actually got a, a very big um, French influence um, at the beginning of his career. So it's kind of weird how, not that I've done the full circle, I've only started my circle, but it's weird how I've ended up in the place where he would have loved to coach his whole career and he never did. Yeah, we're going to chat more about, about the league, the French league and the French style of play a bit later, but very, very interesting that you say that because, um, yeah, I think they, there's a lot of positive attributes that they have. But before we go into that, <laughs> um, you, you coach, I think, in a very important area, obviously skills. But are you sort of able to give us a bit of a breakdown? What does that exactly entail, skills? Are the guys able to pass left and right? I mean, they should be able to do that by now. Um, what, is it, what does it entail? Yeah, so, um, my official title is not a skills coach. I'm an assistant coach. Um, but obviously, I've got a very, very um, big love for, for skill development. So I think first and foremost, it's to, you know, to make sure that each individual within the team is developing. All right. um, and I think in the professional world, doesn't matter what sport we're in, especially when it's a team sport, um, a lot of the times we get, we get stuck in a cycle where we're just preparing a team to play the next game. Mm. And we're not actually taking care of the individuals within that team and, mm. and developing them to become better, um, better in their positions and ultimately make the team better. Um, so it's kind of my, my job to make sure that we're always looking back and looking at the detail of, of, of how we can do things better and how we can not only improve the team, but in, improve the individuals as we go along. So it's, it's almost like a, in a sense, a bit of repetition, making sure you get the right skill honed in. Um, and my word, you must have a lot of patience. Uh, I don't know how you do what you do. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, to be honest, I mean, um, 
if there was one team that I would say didn't need a skills coach, if you look at how they play, it's probably Toulouse. Yeah. I, um, you know, it's an amazing team, but the style of play that we have demands a lot from players and especially the, the, the forwards. Um, so there is a lot of work to do and, and there's a pipeline of players coming through and we need to make sure that they're ready to be able to play the rugby we want to play. Um, and, and, you know, there, there, there's daily, daily struggles we have that you, you maybe don't see every weekend. But um, just as an example, last weekend, you know, we, we had a really bad game against Montpellier. Nothing really came together. So mm. there's always stuff to work on. There's always individuals that need to sharpen up. And I think that's, that's the main thing is just to, to make sure that you're accurate in what you do. Because, you know, to say you're a skills coach and say, okay, let's, let's do passing. Because that's, that's the basic skill to think of. It's not, you're not really being specific in, in what you're trying to achieve. So knowing your players, knowing the group and making sure that you have a program that's specific to not only the group, but also the individuals. Um, you know, it's quite a... It's quite a fine line between, between the two, but making sure that you're, you're constantly developing both of them at the same time. Yeah, because I always find it fascinating of, of how guys go about that. And it's always just, you know, fine-tuning a, a machine, just fine-tuning, fine-tuning, fine-tuning. But that's obviously where technology comes in as well. But, I mean, is it ever going to get to a point where they can't get better, but they obviously can get better. But that's yeah. where, you know, use of, of better um, equipment, analysis, is that also become a huge part of, of what you do as well? Yeah, look, the, the analysis is definitely a part of it. It definitely mm -hmm. just makes the job easier, but it also makes the, the hours longer because, um, yeah. you know, you spend a lot of time analyzing and cutting clips and making sure, again, that you're, you're really on point with what you do. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the, the technology helps. And, and being a skills coach, I'm always looking for, for stuff outside. You know, there's... There's really cool little apps um, out at the moment that, you know, can help you with certain things. And um, looking at other sports codes is always a good one. Um, you know, using different balls, using different games to just get players to be more reactive and, and sharp and basically get them ready for either if they're injured, getting them ready to play again. Um, or just sometimes taking them out of their, their normal space, their normal what they know. Um, and getting them to struggle a bit because ultimately if you struggle, you're going to get better. So that's, that's ultimately what we're trying to do. Sure. That's, that's never heard that before, but that's yeah. good. <laughs> well, that's why you guys are so successful, but it also makes me think, and you know, we almost every rugby person I talk to South African schoolboy rugby always seems to come into the conversation. Yeah. Okay. But in that sense though, it, how important is it to even maybe have a few losses at that level? but you make sure those guys are able to have a proper skill set by the time they leave school. Where, yeah. you sort of, how, where do you think the line is, AB? Where do you draw it and say, right, that's where yeah, you're going to want the guys to be? I think the top tier school rugby in South Africa has become seriously competitive. I know a lot of, a lot of the coaches in, in the top tier schools um, and it's, you know, it's cutthroat, to be honest. Mm. So um, I think the, um, the level of competition is great, but the pressure maybe isn't. Um, and I think, you know, when coaches get put under pressure to win, um, they don't always do what's best for the players' um, development necessarily. So they do what's best for the team and they do ultimately what's, what's going to make them win on the weekend. Um, and I mean, you can, you know, you look at, uh, I don't want to speak too much about South African rugby or you look at, uh, um, you know, the big tournaments, uh, World Cup, for instance, you're not necessarily playing the same style of rugby that you would in the Six Nations. 
Um, because of our tournament and you know you you have to make sure that you you win every game. So yeah, I, I think the school rugby it's a it's a long and tough debate. Um, but I think it, it goes higher up than just the the coaching of those teams. It's actually mm. the the schools themselves and and what they you know what is their their focus is their focus to to be number one on the top 20 schools list or is it to develop the best players that come out of that school? And that doesn't necessarily equal winning. Yes, it's maybe got definitely got a, a decent correlation, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to win every game. Yeah, because, you know, just what you mentioned earlier about having a pipeline, uh, I mean, that's a strong thing, I think, in Europe, especially in the top leagues. Yeah. Um, whereas we're sort of feeling here now, I don't know if that pipeline actually does exist. I don't know, do you, do you think it's contributing towards Europe's strength at the moment? You look at Six Nations, there was some jolly good rugby I felt that was happened. You know, France did so well there as well. Unfortunately, yeah. to lose it right at the end. But does that, do you feel that pipeline is absolutely growing the rugby there? More yeah, than look, I can just comment on the, what I've seen in the last two years in, uh, in, for, in, in France. Um, the French Federation, honestly, they're, they're really, really sharp. Um, they've, they've put in some rules. I, I can't tell you the exact detail of it, but I know basically they've put rules in place to make sure that um, more players from France get an opportunity to play at a high level. So the Pro D2 competition, you know, there, there's only a limited amount of foreigners allowed to play, go up to top 14. There's even, there's even less. So um, there's really a, an opportunity for these guys to play at a high level. And I think that's kind of filtered through into the, into the national team. Um, mm. you, know, you talk about a guy like uh, Bernard Leroux, that's a South African, but that plays for the French team. But what people don't know is he's been here since, since the age of 19. Oh wow! Uh, they, you know, if you mm. if you're looking to come across to to France and play for France, you have to, I think, now be 17 or 18 and make and make the move, and that's extremely tough for a for a young kid to go to, um, you know, a different country, different language. It's a it's a really hard process. So mm. uh, I think um, I think France is definitely on the right track. My money, I'm definitely putting my money on them to win the World Cup. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, if you look at the the players that are that are in and about um, in the squad, it's a lot of the players that were part of those the the consecutive under twenty World Cup winners. Ah. Um, so those those players are kind of filtering now in, into the squad. I think I think by by the time the World Cup comes around, they're going to have a good mix of players from the tournament um, and also older players that have been around. So I think they're going to have a really good mix and. Uh, because they're at home, they're obviously a um, home ground advantage. Mm. No, for sure. Because add to that, and <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know how accurate the source is, but Peter Steftatoy was meant to make a move, I think it was to Ireland. But I think he got blocked because they felt that in that block position or flank position, whatever it may have been, would have yeah. prohibited a possible Irish guy from really making a stand in the Irish national side. But yeah. just to add to what you said, uh, to me that makes sense. You don't want a guy knocking out your chances of your country getting better when they're just developing a, um, a springbok, making them even better. So it's, I think you're going to see more and more that the guys are going to be clamping down. And yeah. unless you move overseas early, like you said, you're not going to qualify to play for another country. Which is it. Yeah, and I think the, the, the Irish have got a good system going there as well because mm. they've only got a couple of franchises. They really have the ability to move players around and make space for others. So let's say, for instance, Munster's got two really good fly-offs. They'll try and move one 
across to Connaught and, and give space for another youngster that wants to yeah. maybe come through. So I know they, you know, they've, um, they're really sharp with that. And they've obviously, as we've seen in the Six Nations, they've, they've got the capability to beat uh, any team on the day. Yeah, I'm going to come back to the, to the Irish rugby a bit later, if you don't mind. But let's let's go back to where you currently are, Toulouse, a fantastic club. Ah, oh, geez, um, you've done well to to end up the AB. Well done. But let's just talk about your first season. How did you find it? Have you felt it's it's another well, it's home for you, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, look, the, definitely the the style of rugby is the the philosophy that I was kind of groomed into by my dad. Um, so yeah, in terms of the, the style of play and the ethos, it's it's absolutely amazing. The the first year at the club for me personally was quite tough um, because of the language, because of the new culture, new country, COVID, uh, everything just mm-hmm. at one time. You know? But um, the the club has been really good to me. They've they've really looked after me and my family, and um, you know I can't say one negative thing about them. It's uh, I know everybody always says yeah, it's a club and it's a family, but it's I, I really get the feeling that they that they care for for me and they care for each other. Mm. So yeah, the, the the first year was um, was definitely a big 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 learning curve, um, and it was a tough year as well because um, it was also the year of the World Cup. So in France, you 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 keep playing um, your domestic rugby during or just before and during the World Cup, but basically. We lose a heck load of players um, when the French team plays, just like now during the Six Nations. Yeah, um, and we have to get by with less than you know. We sometimes lose up up to twelve players at a time. Sure. So it really does make life mm. uh, interesting. But again, it makes my job very interesting because I need to make sure that the 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 guys sitting uh, second and third that they are ready to be able to play the same type of rugby that we're trying to play with the international players when they're there. Sure. That's good. Yeah, so you got to keep you on your toes, AB. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. But it, you have to learn to speak French, am I right? You, it's like almost a prerequisite. Yeah, yeah, I know. I had to learn how to speak French. I, um, I think the first nine months I was doing about five hours of French lessons on top of uh, a normal week, week work, uh, weekly um, work schedule. So... Yeah, it was it was a, a big challenge, but um, one that I'm I'm happy that I that I took on. Um, now the the language is definitely much better. I can definitely communicate. I can coach. Um, I can have one on ones. I can have discussions. So, and and but I bet you know the the head coach Hugo Mola. He's he's definitely um, you know he he guides us as as his staff. He's we, we're a very young staff. Um, okay. That work around him and. You know, he definitely he doesn't expose us to too much too soon, uh, especially me because I'm because I'm a foreigner. So um, you know, the way they've managed me and the way they've kind of built me up to the point where I am now has been has been really great. Uh, do they have any traditions that you had to do, like eat snails or something? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, the oh, easy you yeah. the, the one part that I really enjoy about this club is the. Um, you know the 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 friendship. Uh, every morning when we arrive at, at work, you know everybody's got um, a little shot of black coffee in their hand, and, and you know you take the first half hour of the day to just kind of kind of talk and catch up, and you talk rugby and you talk about work, but you also talk about you know other things. So it's a good introduction to the day, and it's a good way to start, and and then we kind of kick off with uh, with the rest of the day. So that's quite a nice little little part of. Um, the, the rugby culture at Toulouse that, that I really enjoy. 
Mm, that's good. Culture, huge thing. So that's good, Avi. It sounds like you're in the right environment. Brilliant. But you've got an absolute gun player in your, your setup in, in Chisholm Colby. Um, yeah. Oh, my word. That guy just seems to be getting better and better and better. I mean, what's, what's the secret? How does he just do what he does? It's, it's incredible to watch. Yeah, look, I think the, the first thing to note is that pound for pound, he's an amazing athlete. Yes. Um, yeah. his, his power to weight ratio is, is exceptional. So he can, you know, he can really move. He's really fast in terms of acceleration and changing direction and maintaining his speed. I think that's his, you know, his, his super strength. Um, and then in terms of, of playing, you know, I just think it's, you know, it's, it's hours and hours of, of training. He's, um, he's a really, really hardworking guy. Um, a very humble player, um, doesn't say too much, but says the right things at the right time. I feel like he's becoming more and more of a leader as for the, for the last two seasons since I've been here. Um, and yeah, look, I, I think the best is still to come for him. Oh, wow. He's, he's technically not, he's, he's technically still young. He's, uh, I think he's 26. 27. He's, yeah, now that you mentioned it, yeah. So he's, uh, well, I hope I hope I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, um, no, he's he's definitely in terms of athletic ability. Um, he's he's at the top of his game, and and his rugby will just keep on getting better and better. So would you say he's he's almost got it's maybe not the right word to use, but I'll use it. The perfect combination between hard work and a positive mindset. He's 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 found the right combination there and the right approach. Yeah. I wouldn't say, um, yeah, look, I think it, it com- comes down to work ethic, but mm. not only work ethic, you can work really hard, but if you don't work smart, you're not going to achieve the same results as the yeah, people that So I think he, he knows what he needs now in his career, um, but he's still, he's still the player that will demand a lot from us as coaches. He'll, oh. he'll ask us for more information. He'll want to know what we think, what, why do we think he, he, um, he went wrong in, in a specific scenario during a game? What do we think he can do better, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, no, he's, look, he's, he's world-class for a reason. That's, that's for sure. That's would, just you, <laughs> would you put it down to that he was a factor in the Springbok side in the Rugby World Cup? If it wasn't for him, I mean, yes, I know a lot of guys had a brilliant job there. They were awesome, but he... To me, in my eyes, he was actually a factor and still is a factor for, for whichever team he plays for. Yeah. Yeah, look, he's, he's an X-factor player, that's for mm-hmm. sure. When he's, when he's on the field um, for us, you know, everybody, there's a little bit more of a buzz in the team because we know that Chesney's there and he's probably going to do one or two things during the game that's yeah. going to, you know, break open the game and give us an opportunity to score more points. So um, the X factor is something that, that Toulouse looks for and it's something that they demand of their players. Not all of their players, but it's definitely part of their DNA, that's for sure. Um, so I think that's also why Cheslin, um, you know, it was the right fit for him to come to Toulouse. Yes, absolutely. But Toulouse, like I mentioned, have done so well. I think it's, it's 20 titles, uh, French league titles. It's, uh, it's an incredible record. So it shows high standards. There's the will to win. Um, Got to do well, got to make sure the players are at their best. But that's a good pressure in a sense to keep, keep dominating and doing well. Yeah, look, I, I think um, there's not one game where there isn't pressure. And the, the top 14 league is, is really tough. You know, um, number one can play number 14 and you don't, re- 
you know, you're not 100% sure who's going to win. So um, there's, no, there's no easy games and it's a super, super long season. So you really need to stay focused and you, we as coaches need to try and keep the players, you know, fresh and in terms of rotation, etc. Um, but coming back to your question about, about pressure, there's pressure at every match. Um, that's for sure. And, and we are expected to win every match we play and that's what we try and do. Yeah. So, um, we strive for perfection, but um, I think, you know, no player or no team will, will ever achieve perfection, but that's what we uh, strive for, that's for sure. Yeah. And you've got a really good competition that's kicking off soon. Well, by the time this interview is out, I think you'll have already played your first fixture. How are you feeling towards the European Championship? Are you looking forward to it? It's always a good competition. Yeah, look, it's, um, it's, it's been a bit disrupted by the COVID and um, we were a bit unlucky, I would, I, I would say, being drawn against Munster away. Uh, we would have hoped to have, have been at home. It's, uh, I, don't, I don't care who you who play, but it's always nice to play at home. Um, so the next, for the next two games, if we beat Munster, we go on and we play again um, away. Um, it does make it more tough, but I mean, it just makes it so much sweeter if you if you get the victory. So the boys have just um, have just left, and uh, unfortunately, I can't go with because I was in South Africa. So COVID rules have unfortunately left me at home. Um, but I'm sure they'll do the job and and bring home the 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 W. <laughs> very good, very good. But then, yeah. So just sort of feel us now because you you mentioned that you you've played a fixture. When is it? Top 14 league actually meant to be kicking off again. What what's sort of happening in that regard? Yeah, so the um, the two competitions are are mixed. So right. you play top 14 and then you play European. Um, but as I said, this year it's been a bit mixed been, up. Yeah. We had a plan and then that plan kind of fell by the wayside due to COVID regulations and the different rules of different countries. So what they've come up with now is that you play um, uh, you play top 16 and it's basically a knockout all the way to the top. Um, and they drew for who plays who and home and home or away. So it was just uh, basically a lotto draw to see who you play and where you play. Okay. Yeah. So look, I think it doesn't. There's no excuses. It doesn't matter where you play. Um, as I said, we we are expected to win every every game we mm. we go out onto the pitch. Um, and I'm pretty sure the guys will will do the job um, Saturday afternoon. Well, they're better. No, I'm joking. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. <laughs> But talking about another competition, going back to, to Ireland now, and it's, it's been very interesting because there's been a lot of uh, talk here in South Africa about the Pro 16 and, oh, we've left Super Rugby and, oh, some guys are saying it's, it's a good thing, some guys are saying it's a bad thing. But maybe it it's, is nice in the sense that it's a new competition. Yeah. Um, yes, the, the Sharks are playing the likes of, of Munster, but maybe not to lose. But do you see the, the benefits in, in this competition? I know you're not directly involved in it, but just your thoughts on that. Um, no, I think it's good for South African rugby. I think, you know, the people making decisions hopefully made the right decisions for the, for the country's game going forward. I think that's the, that's the bottom line. I feel, I really do feel sorry for the franchises that lost out. Mm. But I really hope that there's a good, you know, the, there's a good plan that lies ahead for those teams as well. Um, but in terms of the, the rainbow, it's the rainbow cup. Am I right? Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be very exciting. You know, anything new is is going to be is going to be exciting, and it's going to be good to see the likes of the Sharks playing the nor- Northern Hemisphere against um, against some of the best teams in the Northern Hemisphere. So, um, yeah, it's I think it's going to be um, difficult at first because it's a different kind of rugby, 
Um, but I'm also sure that, you know, the, the coaches are aware of that and they are slowly preparing for um, Northern Hemisphere rugby. Mm, yeah, no, it's going to be good. The fixtures kick off soon, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But Abby, um, we've spoken about France, we've spoken about South Africa. Which country do you feel has got the best skill set at the moment? Um, I can't think you can really put it down to a country or a team. Um, I think in, in every team, it's, it's, um, you know, it's obvious to see which players are the, are the, are the most skillful players. But, um, you know, every team has a good mix and some players are more skillful, some players are less skillful. Um, I think when, you know, when you talk about skills, you talk about the flashy stuff you see on the highlights, but there are a lot of other skills that are maybe contact skills or scrumming skills or line-out skills that are just as important, maybe more important sometimes, um, that's, that a lot of players just don't get a lot of credit for. So um, to answer your question, I don't think there's a specific team, um, but obviously the first team that comes to mind is New Zealand. They are you know, in terms of precision, um, they're very much up there in terms of passing quality and just accuracy in, in all the domains across the game. Um, so they've kind of set the benchmark and everybody else is slowly trying to catch up. And I think a lot of countries have caught up. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the next World Cup, that's for sure. Yeah, got a few more questions to ask you. Then we're going to wrap up, AB. So th- thanks for your time. Um, but you mentioned France, hopefully, in the final there. I think it's going to be a tough one to call because I always like to ask the opinions who's going to be in the semifinals. And I know there's still a few more years to go, but it has to be France, New Zealand, South Africa. But then who leaves the... Who's the fourth? Sorry? Oh, I said South Africa for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that fourth position, I just... That's uh, going to be a tough one to, to see. But all in all, I think it's going to be a jolly good World Cup again because I agree with you. I think France are... Oh, they want to be in that final. They want to win it. It's, it's yeah, going to be a cracking cool. tournament. I can, I can just imagine, you know, winning a World Cup um, in your home country must be... No, this. Uh, um, obviously, um, deep down inside my heart, I'd like South Africa to, to mm-hmm. win it again. But uh, maybe a South Africa-France final will be, will no. be better in the end if, if the French win. So. Yeah. But yeah, New Zealand, they... Yeah, you can never write those guys off. They doing something behind the scenes and it's very quiet. And when it's quiet, it obviously means trouble. So we'll see what happens there. <laughs> but uh, AB, when can you actually get back into training with the guys again? When can you actually be with them again so, and traveling? Oh, so um, I've, I've been at the stadium. I've been working yeah. as per usual, but it's just the, um, the regulations of, um, of the Irish government. So yeah. from, from next week, if we move on to our next European match, I'll be. Tra- I'll definitely be able to travel to the UK. So, mm. forward to that if we if we can get the win on on Saturday. No, definitely. Well, yeah, wishing you all, AB. Uh, like I said, it's, it's such a good competition um, yeah. to watch. And uh, just for chatting to you, there, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more interest with watching Toulouse and how they go. So, it's going to be great. And wishing Chesen well, wishing the whole squad well. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a tough competition, but it's a good competition. Thank you very much, AB. But yeah, great club. I'm, I'm stoked for you, AB. Keep keep doing what you do, my man. All the best. Thank you very much. Go Cheers, on, Ryan. man. Cheers, man. Well, bye. bye.